You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Lust for Life with Mad Dog Mattern. All right, my people. This is Lust for Life. Uh, I had a little more caffeine than I have of late, so I think I'm coming in a lot stronger than I had in the last five or six episodes. Good, it was about time. All right. This is America's number one podcast, voted on by Canadians. We have a Canadian sitting in. He can attest to it. Thanks for voting. Thank you I for voted voting. four times. We love it. Amen. <laughs> um, also want to give shout outs to Costa Rica. Costa Rica's down with us. And guess what? We root for Costa Rica in the World Cup now because of that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We whoa, can't whoa, find them whoa. on the map, but we're gonna we're we're down with you. That's uh, how it's gonna be. Uh, Stick it to Uruguay. <laughs> Stick it to them in their weird name. I'm not into the South American clubs. No? Going Brazil, to, bro. I never liked them either, and that's gonna make me sound xenophobic. But I don't, I don't mess with them down there. I'm just talking the women, man. Big asses. Great women. <laughs> Other women, I mess uh, with. Oh yeah, no, I said. Good God, I just want to go to Rio. It's the only place I want to go in my whole life. What? Because you it's love Duran Duran? Also. Uh, yeah, I like. I want to. I want to uh, sing Wild Boys while standing on top of the Jesus statue. Wild, Wild boys. boys. Yeah, you could, you could probably do that. <laughs> uh, and they get shot in the back. But no, Brazil. These these goddamn women, man. What are we doing? Yeah. We'll discuss that in a second. Let's set it up here. This is Lust for Life. I'm James Mattern. I'm the host. I used to be go go by the name Mad Dog Mattern, but I really don't anymore. So, but I'll tell you what. This guy next to me goes by. He goes by a sweet, 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 sweet wine. He's also known as. Benji Suswan, that's his real name. That's his government name. He's also the hand of My the king. slave name. He's the hand of the... That's his slave <laughs> name. That's Django over here. Oh. Welcome, Benji. We missed you last yeah, week. Yeah, I can't believe I missed one. I'm sorry. You were caught that. in a trap. You could not get out like Elvis <laughs> in Suspicious Minds. Caught in trap. You can't walk out. Here's a voice of someone you haven't heard from in a while, but I've heard it for the last two hours because I just did his podcast, and he helped me record an episode of Bustin' Balls on YouTube's every Monday through Friday of Nathan McIntosh, the Canadian... The Red Dead Revolver. Bring it back, the air horn. Bring uh, it back. I was on like, what, six months ago doing the air horn. Now we're back. More air horn. I feel like it's a soccer thing, though. Uh, it, it, yes. I mean, it's also a big-ass, big-titty thing, too. Also You're telling me that only plays with, <laughs> that only plays with big asses and big titties? I don't You're understand. You're goddamn this. right, man. This dance hall shit. You think there's tiny little asses and no titties? No. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a big ass. You goddamn right. You gotta have a big ass. What are we doing yeah. here? God, what I love it. Um, anyways, yeah, I'm back. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate both you guys. God bless you. Um, let's talk real. We have Joseph Vesey coming in in a few minutes. He'll be our guest. Um, it's gonna look from now on. If we have something specific, we're gonna do something specific. If not, we'll just talk about some certain things about the guest. We're going to have some general conversation from now on. I think we have enough smart people. And by that, I mean Benji. Um, <laughs> God bless. And we're just going to ha- be humans. Sometimes the show will have themes. Sometimes it'll just be whatever. So th- what that's I how like, it's been. What I like most is even if we come in with an angle, we let it go anyway. Yeah, who cares, right? That's the way it should be because then we kind of feel out what the conversation really should be focused yeah. on. I'm that confident for the most part of who I bring in here. Sometimes, not, not nothing, the guests, I don't know what I'm getting. They're more wild cards. It's better but that way. With you, yeah, and that makes it interesting. But with you, and with the third mics that we have, um, I have faith, and I pretty much have faith in myself. So I, I just saw this documentary on NBA TV. I watched it illegally, of course, because uh, <laughs> my cable is no good. I don't have NBA TV, which is hurtful, but whatever. Um, about the 84 draft, and it was very in-depth, and it covered the, the four main Hall of Famers, Barkley, Jordan, uh, Stockton. Who am I forgetting on that? The, I wish I knew. I don't know either. We'll research it. We'll find it out. Um but I bet Joe knows. It covered a bunch of other stuff, too, and other people drafted. One was Rick Carlisle in the third round. Mm. He played about five, six years in the league, but then shows where his career ended. 
And he, of course, won the title against LeBron with the Mavericks, and he's a great coach. But he described their offense and what their offense was. He said for the last three months of that season, including the playoffs, they stopped calling plays. And they just did on offense what he called flow. And they showed him on the sideline going, flow, flow, encouraging them to not do anything that they've been taught, to just play fundamental ball, just play mm. flow and make it happen. And that's what I feel like. This podcast is flow. We just mm. go through it and we accept it and we're going to lose games at times. That's fine with me because how do you get better? There by losing. Go. How by do failing. you win games if you don't lose games? That's it, coach. It reminds me. Have you seen the movie Adaptation? Nicolas Cage? I've seen bits of it. I have issues with him. Definitely so I check it out. Well, so here's the funny thing. The director goes up to Nicolas Cage before and it says, forget Spike everything. Jones. Spike Jones, exactly. Forget everything you know or ever thought about acting when you take this role. And it's the only thing I think he's ever been nominated for. Interesting. Oh. Well, Spike Jones. Sometimes just forget it. Well, I think leaving Las Vegas, he got nominated. Yeah, that's true. I shouldn't have said that. When I said that, I was He didn't get nominated for The Rock, Stanley Goodspeed. (laughs) Con Air. I think he won Best Actress for that. That's that's how good he was. Which I was an extra in, to be honest. Um, You were an extra in Con Air? Yeah. I missed game one of the World Series. My grandfather waited all these years to get the Yankees back in, and I get a call during the Raiders football game. I mean, we couldn't be in this movie, man. Was this Vegas? Yeah. Froze our asses off. When is it ever cold in Vegas? That night. Can you see you in the movie? No, no. Oh. We made it on camera once, and I don't even think it rolled. And then at like 3 in the morning, it was too windy and cold. I don't think that's The guy camera. was packing the camera up. Right. Yeah, exactly. The guy was packing it up. You're like, am I on that? Well, I don't know. It's not on, but it saw you. I missed right. class. Like, no, it's a credit. It's a credit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I tried coming. Eight years ago, I moved to New York, and no one would give you a stage. Have you been anything? Oh, I was in a con air. You can look it up. Um, Don't look it up. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, give me stage time because of it. Um. So, yeah, I missed the World Series with my grandpa, and I missed school the next day, and we were not SAG, and so we were hated. We snuck into the SAG. Te- Dude, when you're an extra and you're not SAG, they feed you peanut butter and jelly, even if you, like, have a, a thing that says you're allergic to peanut butter like I am. Yep. And then you go into the SAG. We snuck into the SAG tank. It's like 1 in the morning, and it looks like a decadent feast that King Arthur has. Yep. And all these weirdos. If you're a SAG extra in Vegas, too, you're a super weirdo. Because mm-hmm. you, if you're really a good actor or actress, you should be in New York, L.A., or Toronto, or Vancouver, and or Europe, or something. You're in Vegas, and most of these dudes are just weirdos. Like, oh, my name is Bobby, and I do They're just trying to impress you. You can tell they're street urchins from downtown, like mm-hmm. Fremont Street in Vegas. And they, because they paid their dues before their addictions to drugs caught up with them, like 10 years ago, they're in there eating, like, lobster. And we're stuck having string cheese from 1803 that Sir Isaac Newton... <laughs> Threw up. I don't know. Was Canada, he around then? I don't yeah, know. Canada, we got Actra, and it's the same deal. I was doing back, background stuff when I was like 16, 17. Yeah, you get a, the piece, pretty much a piece of bread with mustard on it and a dirty uh, paper bag, and then these other guys come back, and they're like, we just had salmon, and we got blown by yeah. the Duchess. <laughs> by the salmon. Yeah, the salmon blew me, and then I ate it. <laughs> we just got blown by the female lead in the, the movie yeah. while eating does they, filet does mignon. They, does anybody need their dick sucked? Anybody need a, yeah. anybody need a hand job? I was you guys one time, so I understand it. <laughs> Eat your sandwich. Exactly. I'm, I'm being the actress. Yeah. Being, yeah, you guys yeah, gave me yeah, a weird yeah, look. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, like, what's going on here? They, yeah, sucked, they sucked my dick. I'll suck your dick. It's a whole right. send the elevator back down type forward, thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a brave new world. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's that. But basically what we're saying is this is flow. And we just figure it out. Joseph Vesey is the son of a great oh legendary NBA writer named Peter Vesey, nicknamed the Viper. We're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk about the pressures of that. Well, I want to, he knows a lot of stories, and I think he's willing to talk about professional basketball people. But who knows where we get? We might talk about getting blown while eating salmon. I mean, we have no limitations in this show, man. This is like Willy Wonka. 
We are the dreamers. We are the movie makers. So we're going to bring him on in a sec. Um, he just had to put money in the meter because he's responsible. And he's old enough now where his car got towed. The Viper ain't going to help him, baby. <laughs> the Viper ain't going to Viper ain't going to call Lionel Hollins to do a favor for him, okay? <laughs> it ain't going to happen, man. So uh, we're going to bring him in and say, real quick, I want to discuss this. I brought up to Nathan. What are we going to say, Benj? That you're the right wrong. hand. You're the, you're, the king the, you're the hand of the king. Um, <laughs> which they die a lot, so I feel yeah, bad about that. Like, I'm sorry <laughs> about that. You're going to live, baby. I got you. Or you're going to move to Essos with the imp. Um, so this is what's interesting. Game of Thrones. Don't worry about it, Vessi. Some real deal shit. Um, it's a great, only the most popular show in the history of life, and I'm obsessed with it. It's okay? definitely not in the history of life. Of life. So it's bigger than Archie down Bunker. A little bit. Let's bigger than MASH. Let's slow down a little. Bigger than the Thornberries or whatever you had in Canada. <laughs> Beachcombers, bro. Beach I don't know about them. SCTV, go ahead. So um, I brought up that our guest has a famous dad and a cool dad, and Nathan. And, well, I, and we can get low. Look Nathan, how it gets yeah, well, I'm serious. I'm also a professional serious. talker. Um, Nathan brought up that he has no dad. I have no dad. It was just Father's Day. I have a great stepfather who listens. Don't mad, have mad love to you, Keith. And I don't ever call him Keith. I call him Keith because Keith Richards is Keith. So I call him Keith when I give him em envelopes or anything. K-E-E-F. That's you, baby. Like Chief Keith? Just Keith, baby. Um, and my grandfather, who's no longer with us, he raised me. And I had some really cool uncles in that, obviously. But the fact is, so I'm performing here at Stand Up New York, my home club, on Father's Day. And I wished everyone a happy Father's Day. People were weird, even the fathers in the audience. And then people got comfortable. And then at the end, I looked out there. I go, man, enjoy your Father's Day. But I go, you know what? I'm on Facebook all day, and all these people are writing pictures of their fathers. And that. I never met my biological father. And at the end, I was like, you know what, dude? I go, to all my bastards out there, baby, stay strong, man. All right? This is for my bastards on Father's Day. And it dawned on me, I want a Bastards Day. And it's going to tie into Game of Thrones because bastards in the north, the, your last name is Snow. So Nathan, you would have been Nathan Snow. I would have been James Snow which would have been the great show business name for me. I'll be honest. That'd be a great show. James Snow. James Snow. I still might change it. There's that's time. That's porn, right? That'd be a yeah, porn that's name. Yeah, I was thinking porn name. Yeah, yeah, yeah baby. Well, I'll yeah. tell you my history with that too. But um, So um, I really want to start this, and this podcast is going to be the impetus. I think it's time to make a difference. As you all know, for years, I had a hat and a nickname, and I just did crowd work, and I still do that, but I still also i am incorporating more bits, and I'm trying to say something finally, and I'll tell you what I'm going to say. This is the first change we're really going to make. We're going to make a national holiday for bastards. There you go. And can you can, can spend can it however you want. If your mom raised you, you get her a card that day too. If an uncle did it, if your friends did it, if the comedy club did it, you give them a card. Or if you raised yourself on the streets, you give yourself a card and a gift. Jon Snow Day for bastards. Start it, Nate. Can we get a different name? I knew you were going to say You know, that, can yeah. we get another name other than the Bastards Day? Jon Snow Day. No, that's you, Day. It's jo not you. It's a character who's a bastard, a famous bastard. Jon Snow. I mean, well, okay, I wonder if there's another name that we kind of come up with, like, you know, like... Uh, well, then we're making PC. Not no one's going to... But ba we don't call each other... Non-father Americans? Sure. Are we going to get like that? What I'm saying is we don't call each other bastards. We don't do that. Yeah, we do. No, I'm we... I'm a bastard. No, don't say I didn't know you were one. I would have your... said bastards like us. Don't yes. you say that Great about replacement yourself. Song. Bastards are young. That was an episode three weeks ago on this um, wonderful show. I'm with you if we have a different name. Well, maybe I don't watch what, it now. What, what name are you thinking? What, what would we do? I don't know, man. No dads. Ugh. Double Mom's Day? No. Double Mom's Day. Is this It's only... still my... I love the, I'm saying some people aren't even raised by the mom in that situation. All right, so right, then you just live your own life day. 
It's day. bastards. You day. It's you day. But bastards is a derogatory John, term. That's what I'm saying, Jon Snow. But you won't go with it because you're hard fucking headed. I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. You better get with it now because this is going to be a part of the future, man. Breaking Bad, did Jesse have a dad? Jesse did have great parents. Look how he turned out. He did have great doing, parents. Doing meth know. and eating peanut butter cup in a hole. Courtesy of that those creepy Nazis. <laughs> Call it that day. Creepy Nazis feeding you peanut butter cup Ben and Jerry's because you can make a meth day. Yeah, that rolls off the tongue. I think it's taken. I think also. it makes sense. John, it is taken. <laughs> Only in certain countries. I think Eastern countries. China has that holiday. Um, so that's what we're going to start here. So I want people to petition. I want you to start hitting me up. If you're in for Jon Snow Day, all my bastards out there. Does it apply also if you were brought up by your dad only and didn't have a mom? Yeah, what is it if you have a dad and not a mom? Like, are you, are you still? Yeah, I feel like they still got No, it. you're still a bastard. Out of wedlock, no nuclear That's family. That's what it is. It's not just dad. It, it's the fact that you were born outside of a marriage. We'll welcome them. Mm. We're welcoming, welcoming them too. Because to be honest, Jon Snow was raised by his dad, Ned Stark, but was not a Stark. Didn't know his mom, so he was a bad. Yes, so... Bastards are young, baby. That's what we're going to do, all right? Or I'll, cut, I'll meet you halfway, like your favorite song from the Over the Top meet soundtrack. Starring Sylvester Stallone as arm wrestler in the 80s. Um, that's called pop culture. Across um, the sky. Oh, it's beautiful. Kenny Loggins. Yes, God bless him. While Robert Loja was being a chooch. Um, we could call it Replacements Day because Replacements had that great song, Bastards are Young. Hmm. You love the term bastards, and I just got to give it to you because like, well, but I don't we are fight bastards. Them. There's like, no other name to describe it. Tell me another name that people use to describe bastards. I mean, that's the thing. It's up to us to have some sort of power. Let's own it, like black people have taken over the N word. Let's that's make bastards our fucking word, the man. B word. I don't want to do that. What's up, my <laughs> bastard? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna create a rap record where it's gonna be strictly for my bastards. That's a reference to Tupac album, my people. What do you think about that shit? Yeah. I mean, we're doing... let's own the word, man. I'm passionate about this, baby. I'm also on a lot of energy drinks. <laughs> I'm passionate about bringing it down. It shouldn't be derogatory. We got out of the depths of hell, man. The odds were against us being bastards. We're and now look to... at us now. We're, we're in the to greatest be in... studio in the world, baby. We have Wild Man Steve records on the wall cutting podcasts. If you ever look into it, like we, you and me, uh, statistically people who don't have dads are like supposed to be... Jail. Prison. Methamphetamine. Yeah, you're to be terrible jobs. You're supposed to be Turning tricks on corners. Yeah, you can't deal with people. It's like a it's like a big thing, man. Not having a dad is a huge, huge thing. You're supposed more to live on the street. Than, more than missing moms. Sure. Yeah. Mm. For 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 boys, I guess. I I, mm. I don't know what it'd be, but I've looked into a lot of this shit in terms of like being a man without a dad, and it's a super strong thing. It's it you you I, I don't want to go as far as to say you need one because, I mean, I didn't have one and I'm kind of, I'm okay. I mean, there's problems and all that kind of shit. Yeah, I know. But uh, <laughs> not having one. Our guest just went Menza Menza with his hand. Like, yeah. Eh, let's uh, see. But, uh, but not having one, you definitely feel some things. Like, it definitely mm. shapes how you view the world. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Well, we're going to discuss this again. All right. Because we got to bring our guest in. I got to get some diabetes out, and we have a heart out. So this has been a great start. But we will bring you back. We will have the bastard debate on this show. I'm going to find a bastard expert, and we're going we're gonna to have it out, dog. And we're going to make this a holiday for bastards. And we're going to have it right around the same time, all this end of spring, early summer. Mm. We're going to handle that out. So it's still good weather. Because guess what the, the government want to do? The government want to give bastards day, like, in the freezing, like in February. Right. I'm already born in, in February. I don't want to deal with that shit. All right? Sorry, we'll just say Benj, the hand. Said so they put it in Black History Month. I don't know if that's... That too. That <laughs> Why is it Black History Month and a good so spring right. month? Um, I'm too fired up. All right. 
We'll see you in a minute. I got to get diabetes out. This is Lust for Life. Costa Rica's <laughs> top five favorite podcast. They love us so much. They listen to us five times a week compared to every other one else. And Canada's number one voted on. Uh, I'm confused. We'll see you in a minute. God bless South America. <laughs> Walking the sweat out, my peoples. This is Lust for Life. We are back. You, did I just blow the ears off you? Should we turn him down, Joseph? Uh, Joe likes yeah. to talk quiet. If you're ever around Joe, Joe for is quiet. Time, yeah, he talks very quiet. He doesn't like it's a little being loud, loud, but it's all right. And he likes to chew gum on mic, which you I would, like. You and me like to be loud because we didn't have dads. You got to be loud to get attention. See, Joseph did have think. a dad, so maybe that's why he talks softly. That's what I'm saying because he had. And you attention. talk softly. I talk softly. And you had parents. Yeah, I would say that's. Probably I think not more desperate of is the word. A middle child thing. Middle child is like the quiet one, like. And you're a middle child. Yeah, three out of four. Three out of four ain't bad. I think that's some kind of meatloaf song. How dare you take shots, Joseph? As Sorry, bring man. You on the show. No, I just and you're chomping your gums in the in your first. I was an altoid. How dare you? So you want to beat the audience to make my breath? You're not desperate. <laughs> Pleasure to see you, my friend. Your beard looks wonderful. You're Thank you for having school. me on. Thank you for giving me the worst mic out of the whole table. I appreciate that. No, that has, mic has nice. more moxie. Does it? Yes. Okay. Right, you look, this. look, we have a middle child. We have two bastards. Come Don't on. call them bastards. Yeah, thank you. You come from a nice family. You're adjusted. You can slum a little bit with us. That's true. We I'm deserve spoiled. the better mics. I have a nice family also. Just Yeah, you have a nice family. But you're middle just child, so middle you could child. have issues. You have an yeah. excuse in life. I got an excuse. I have no excuses. Everyone's got excuses once you're going like Not that. when I'm judging. Not when <laughs> I'm the jury executioner and all that other jazz. Uh, so Joseph Fessy, uh, known this kid for a long time. I met him when he was starting in comedy. Um, I met him, and he told me what his last name was. And I, I, I go... Are you the son of the viper? And explain how you reacted when I said that. Um, immediately wanted to walk away. Mm. Because he, and but you were shocked that someone knew your dad's nickname like that. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, not a lot of people know that nickname. Only like diehard fans know that. It's on his Wikipedia, but yeah, not a lot of people know that. And then you introduced me as it, and no one knew what the hell you were <laughs> talking sorry. about. I love nicknames, as you've known for the last That was years funny, though. With me having one. Um, <laughs> I loved. Uh, I love his dad. His dad is one of the most blunt, real basketball analysts ever. I think at time it's probably gotten him in trouble, but it's also kept him viable for years mm -hmm. and a hardcore fan base. And I love him for that. And the Viper's a great name because he just tell you how Viper's it is. Viper's a great name. What's man. the origin of that besides the VV connection? Ooh, um, I didn't realize that. I mean, you could also have my father on as a guest, and probably that would be a better question for him. But uh, what is it? I don't know. I guess because he was just hard on you know, people and he the Viper. People. Yeah, he was very, you know, bit basketball definitely, players. They came off the court. Yeah, he would definitely uh, go after a lot of players and mm, real deal. You know, take shots at them. And so I thought it would be a good nickname for him. So in my phone is still Son of Viper, aka Sov. Mm. Not Sob. That's a son of a bitch, which would then put him, put you in our category for our new holiday. But um, <laughs> son of a bitch, I like Sov is great. Son of a bitch day. Yeah, son um, of a bitch is better than basketball. But see, I could tell. Oh. So it's good, and we'll we'll transition to things here. But I could tell. Having a dad that's like famous, and now you're starting a career, it's kind of taking a toll on you. Um, yeah, because then anytime like you do something, people assume it's because of that. Like you, even though anything. it makes no sense, because it's not like who's a basketball writer. It'd be like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But people just think that it'd be mm. like you becoming the starting quarterback for the Packers when your mom Celine Dion. Like you'd still have to throw the ball. Like, oh, he made it because right. Celine. That right. really, she. What pull does she have? <laughs> With the trust of the green of Green Bay, there, there's been about I've heard because I have a friend who I started comedy with, and he said at least 15 comics have walked up to him and asked him like, "Hey Joe, how did he do that? Did his father help him out with that?" He said mm. at least 15 people. That's a wow. lot of people. Yeah, but how? What connections? I love how everyone thinks anyone in show business can help you with your show business. Um, 
This happened to me years ago. I got done waiting tables with my dear friend Grant Gordon, who's a regular here on this show. And I was miserable. I was about to go play to four people at the Village Lantern and then play to like 10 people at the Laugh Lounge. That's right. I'm dropping names on a Thursday <laughs> night. But it was my weekend. I, I had a few shows where I think I was going to play to like 40 people the next couple nights. I mean, this was a big weekend for me. I but love this that is how it starts. For years that you've just been counting every single yeah. person that's in the shows. We're <laughs> walking down 43rd Street to take the F downtown, the West Forest, so I could go to the Lantern. The Dungeon. The Lantern? Yes. Uh, just a, a dungeon of comedy. Um, mm -hmm. And I hear, Jamie! Jamie! Across the street. And I go and I talk to this kid. And, um, hey, what are you in town for? Oh, Santa Live. Oh, cool, man. Everything's going good? Yeah, yeah, you look good, yeah. Then it was awkward. I walked off. And Grant goes, who is that effeminate kid you just talked to? I go, oh, that's the lead singer of The Killers, Brandon Flowers. He goes, what? What? Oh, my God. Why didn't you talk to him more? Why didn't you invite him to the gig? Do you just hear them? They're doing Saturday Night Live. Right. And then uh, I told people that, and people were like, why didn't you invite him? And I had a guy pull me aside later that night going, this is where you messed up. He could have came and saw you. He might have connections. He's in the music industry. What connections does he have to getting me on anything well, else in comedy? Let's just say, say he's in the music industry. He knows Sean P. Diddy Combs. Years ago, he was doing Bad Boys of Comedy. Boom, you're on Bad Boys of Comedy. There you go. A.G. White did Bad Boys of Comedy, just to shout that out right now. <laughs> shout it out. But it, it makes no sense to think. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I know. Your I, dad I, covers well, that, the no, New York yeah, Knicks that one's for 40 obscure. years, and all of a sudden he's going to give you a sit-down with Mike Ovitz. Not going to work out, my people. I don't Sorry know to break it down. This is the first time I found out you know the killers. Yeah, I haven't name-dropped that. Jesus. I did it with girls a lot, baby. I ain't going to lie, son. Their bass player used to be my bass player. Boom, 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 boom. Mark Strummer. Yeah, I haven't talked to him in like seven years. It's no big deal. Okay. It's okay. They, so they're doing bigger saw things. Live. Good show. They're great. I still never keep saw him live. Keep your eye on those guys. Yeah, they're going to be fine. <laughs> so I do have a question for you, though. Yes. You are yourself a really big basketball fan. Mm-hmm. Do you think, were you, were you pushed into that because of your dad? Do you think you would have been a big basketball fan either way? Or did you have pressure to like basketball growing up? I get, No, not pressure, but I guess I assume I got into it because he covered it and i can't remember who put a ball in my hand but i'm assuming uh -huh. it was him and uh he played basketball pretty well but not you know he didn't uh, i think he had like higher aspirations for basketball so i'm sure sometimes he pushed me mm. you know in basketball a little bit i hated him watching me i never wanted him to watch me and, I, and i've never let him see me do stand-up either Really? To yeah, this I've day? never let him. You can't see let a guy named the Viper watch you do stand up. <laughs> if yeah, he's your father, you can. He's gonna rip yeah. that shit apart, man. Yeah, no, he's definitely. I could tell him like something that Richard Pryor said, and he'd be like, you know, he should have twisted that ending and should have, you know, added that. Even you know, with comedy, he's like that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, certain parts, and even my mom will be like, all right, take it easy, like you know, it's a little bit different. The the writing and the columns a little bit different from stand up. So, but no, sometimes he, he's so. he's you know he he's funny in his columns. He was funny, oh, but hilarious. that that uh, medium's a lot different on what would work on stage. So I think, you know. And why don't you want him to see you do stand-up? Just, uh, I mean, one, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't have that, like, relationship to just talk the way I talk and stand-up and have him see me. And then also I just think he would have notes. Uh -huh. So Let's say you tell him before, I don't want notes. I just want you to see me. It's just, I don't would know. I just don't feel like I could be as free. I can't, mm -hmm. my mind will concentrate. I don't see how people even do that in front of their parents unless they've been doing it maybe for like 20 years. But it's just weird. To me, it would always inhibit you unless you don't give a fuck about your parents, we which some people don't. Right. 
They curse right. in front of their parents. They don't give a shit. I kind of care. I might so. have uh, sworn in front of my dad. I don't know. Maybe that's why he left. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, imagine <laughs> my first set ever. He was like, yeah, no, this is going to be bad. <laughs> or he comes and finally be like, I'm here. To- oh, no, fuck this set. I'm yeah, out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Not my son go. does what? He walks in. Ooh, tough crowd. <laughs> yeah. I, I let my mom come see me once. So well, far. I was going to ask and how'd that go? It was good. I made sure it was like the best show possible and it would have to be really hard to not do well. So it was like a show at Caroline's. It was packed. But I wasn't going to like let her take a chance on like some. Had you know. your dad expressed interest that he wants to see you perform? Yeah, it was funny. No, he doesn't really mention. I think he just knows the answer. That you're not going to let him. Yeah, he knows it. Do you think it upsets him that he doesn't get to see his boy? Uh, No. No. I mean, maybe. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I, th- I think he's never really like harped on it. it usually, if he, he takes no for an answer, he's not going to like keep pressing it. I'm 13 years in now, and I'd say I, I finally got comfortable with anyone seeing me that knows me in the last three, four years and family in the last three or four years. Like, it, it took me for years because, A, you feel – I also – I look the other way. I feel like they also – like, your, your friends and family already know you. And part of stand-up right. is convincing strangers that, hey, I'm okay, and that you can trust me, and that they – I never counted their laughs. But then I was also scared of bombing, and then, be, and then they being the only ones laughing, and then you really don't count it, and then they pretend that you're great, but you know that you're not in that right. moment. And so I just never wanted the heartache, and then it got to the point where I felt, I don't care either way what anyone thinks. I know who I am, and I, I invited them to you know, start coming. But it, that's a real thing when you start in comedy. It's like – because well, you love your it, parents it, so much and you don't ever want to be a disappointment and you're scared of that offset, which is always possible. Yeah, and plus, and if you do a joke that's like an edgy joke or something and it doesn't do well, I feel like I don't care if it's a bunch of strangers or even friends, but if it's in front of your parents, I just feel like you look like mm. a monster. They're like, what were you thinking? Like, and you know, you can't like explain it to them. They're also gonna be harsher. Like my mom, I, I showed her a set years ago, and I used to not swear or anything. I used to always wear a dress shirt and be like, try to be as clean as possible. And she watched her like ten minute set, and she was just like, you swore a lot. I said bitch once <laughs> in the whole. That's thing. all it took. But that was her. Yeah, that was whole her critique of ten minutes. You swore too much. I'm like, God damn. Imagine if she saw you now. Yeah. I know. I yell a lot. I swear a bunch. <laughs> Yeah, no, my, she'd, be like, uh, she'd leave. <laughs> I don't perform very often, but the first time I got on stage, I actually invited my mom. Wow, and it was pretty dirty. Wow. And I just beforehand, I went up to her, I was like, "Don't judge but do you, me." But it's do you good. guys have like a sexual relationship? No, <laughs> you haven't <laughs> fucked in years. <laughs> they're, 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 no, they're I don't. They're seeing other people now, <laughs> Bessie. I don't. I don't curse in front of her or like. Oh, wow. I'm but, not dirty. But I, you were comfortable doing that. I just in said front I'm like I didn't think I wasn't thinking of you or like had you in mind when I was coming up with this. It's gonna be dirty. It's gonna be out there. I'm just trying to make these people laugh. And she's like, okay, I'll just roll with it. My my mother is a lot more hip uh, in right. that type of jokes. Like when I watched, she loves Danny McBride. She loves Eastbound and Down. She loves hip hop. She's a big. She's been taking me to rap concerts since I was in the fifth grade. Since oh, the fifth wow. So, wow. Since Puff Daddy was wearing shiny suits, I was at those concerts. You were at Bad Boy Record. Those shows that they're J- doing, like Jay-Z, Motown tours. Jay-Z was opening up for Puff Daddy. That's how far Jeez. this goes and back. And Mama Vessi was taking you. Absolutely. Every concert. Yes. <laughs> I, who do, there's a lot of people that do. W-O-V. <laughs> a wife lot of NBA Viper. players that might have. I don't know. Wife but, of Viper. Who? Wife of Viper. Yes. W-O-V. Yes, Wife of Viper. And he, we even the last one we went to was uh, Yankee Stadium. Jay-Z, Eminem. And Eminem. She I got the tickets. Mom. Second Jeez. row. Second row. Incredible. She always gets good tickets because she, she always knows someone. She, I, she gets them. Wow. Okay, maybe your career is owed to that. Was fine. <laughs> well, More so the mom. The mom's t- handling mom, shit. Listen, if you see me at a Puff Daddy concert, yes, you could say that was probably because of my family. It had nothing to do with comedy. <laughs> that's so I get hilarious. concerts. I don't get concerts the right way. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. Um, but th- let me ask you this: Did you? Was there ever a chance? 
A, all right, so you got into basketball. Was there ever a chance in your head that you do something other, like, sports-wise? Could you have been, like, pops like hockey? Oh, no. I, I pretty much hate every other sport. That's it. There's only sport you it's, like. Yeah, basketball, pretty much. And you played in high school, and did you play in college? A, I can't li- remember. a little bit in college, and then I ended up kind of quitting. Why did you quit, you think? Uh, because I hated uh, every coach I had from kind of ninth grade and up was horrible. And once I got to college, I was just mentally exhausted. And uh, I was already playing street basketball with the N1 mixtape guys, and I was making money. So I figured I'm not going to be in the NBA by the end of college, so I might as well just go make money with this. So I didn't even realize that about you. You were playing on the, the, the N1 tour. I wasn't playing on the N1 tour. I was playing with those guys. So there would be so it was so popular, there would be games with the same players, different companies. I did play against them a couple times on the N1 tour, and then when they branched off, I played on their team. So if we ever do a stand-up New York like co-ed team, you're, you're definitely our first choice. Oh, yeah. thank you. Or at least the first white guy. I mean, there's probably we're some asking, dudes we're going to bring in. <laughs> there's a few good comics that I know are ball players, and there's a lot who don't think they can play. Laster's a good ball Ooh, player. Ooh, Laster, okay. Vessi, and I'm going with Steve Marshall, even though he's like in his 40s or whatever. Yeah. He a lot of people have challenged day. me. A lot of comics have challenged me. Only one so far has played me, and uh, he I was talking so him. much trash, and he lost 11-0. Wow. So I'm waiting for the next person. I used to watch that N1 stuff. It was that great was a, for me. I it was fun. Was I love street the, ball. Yeah. It was fun. That was fun. I'd say the summer or the summer after I started doing stand-up and I was just trying to find stage time anyway, anywhere, I would go and write when I still was doing that at coffee shops, but I would get bored and the magazine I'd always have with me, that summer Slam Magazine had their streetball issue with oh, Skip right. to My Lou, Ray Alston. I remember that issue. I read through every second of that, baby. My, every Everything. And your dad's in that with the Pee Wee Reese Pee Wee Kirkland. Pee Wee Kirkland. Well, that too. Pee Wee Reese, the racist <laughs> shortstop too. Yeah, Pee Wee yeah, Kirkland. <laughs> Yes, no, that's, uh, I remember those issues. Those were popular. Those were great. But this is what's interesting. I feel there's a resentment towards basketball in you. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. But, no, but resent- you don't care I, for it as much anymore. I have a resentment towards coaches. In general. Yeah, like if you, like, yeah, I don't, I'm not saying, like, if anyone had the coaching experience I've had, they would have a resentment of coaches. It's like anyone who grows up, like, around, you know, that in a bad neighborhood and all the cops are dirty and they hate cops sure. and they say, fuck the police. Not every cop is bad, but they just have that mentality. Mm. That is mine, although I think mine is probably more true, that there's more bad coaches than probably bad police. I would think so. Yeah. Um, only, one, only one wins a title well, every year. At least in basketball. Mm. What makes a bad coach? Yeah, well, let's get to this. Well, there's, I mean, there's three things. There could be a few things. One, you just don't know basketball but somehow you've gotten lucky and had some good players, but you appear to be good. Uh, you could also know basketball, but be an egomaniac and berate people and be out of your mind and, you know, just destroy people's, you know, self-esteem and just ruin their lives and force them to quit, which is what a lot of people did before. I, mean, I never quit like a team like during the season, usually after the season. I was like, all right, I'm not coming back or something like that. But, um, yeah, that's how you can be horrible. Like, I, you know, I heard Larry, I love Larry Brown. I can never talk anything bad about him because he – let me practice with the Sixers for like wow. six years. So I could never say anything about it about him. But what I would hear about him is that he knew the game inside and out, but the players hated playing mm. for him. So you could still know the game inside out, kind of be crazy. I don't know what that situation was. That was the first person I could think of who knew the game. But a lot of people that I played for, they didn't know the game and they were just psychopaths, you know, cursing at you, you know, just to a point where it was like, you know, Bobby Knight stuff, which is why I never respected him. Does your... Do you, did your coaches know who your father was, and do you think that that made them harder on you because your father was a successful journalist known for shooting venom about Yeah, de- definitely. That definitely hurt me, too. Wow. Yeah, they would definitely, uh, 
if they couldn't get something out of it, I think sometimes they would look to get stuff out of it too. So you couldn't really tell if it was a genuine relationship to begin mm-hmm. with. And then, yeah, I think they would sometimes start to resent that or get angry or there was something there. Yeah, absolutely. Do that definitely have, hurt me. Do you have any interest to coach at any point? Trying to. I did want to coach only, I mean, I really wouldn't because, I mean, I don't have that much of a love for it, but I only wanted to do it just so I could do it correctly. Right. That's the only reason I'd want to do it, because I'd be like the greatest coach, just on a mental level. Right. But Not so much like I'm drawing up plays and shit. But do you feel that maybe because of your background that you've, you are more confident in your knowledge of basketball than uh, the coaches and that they sense that you thought that you knew more than them and that's no. where some resentment came from? No, I never thought that because I always was like a coach's dream. I would do what he wanted almost too much. You know, I would try to please them, which seemed like uh, almost like I guess why you get in trouble with like a girl. If you do everything they want, oh, then they take advantage of you. I'm, I think that was part of the problem, too. But I, I don't know. I'd never thought that. Maybe they thought like that I was a little bit arrogant. I know kids, you know, when I came into a new school thought I was because everyone would talk like, oh, you know, this is who his father is. And so they kind of put that on me. So maybe they thought that, but I never got it that. Because I never like, was like trying to correct them or do any shit like that. So, see, that's a weird example of nepotism where you know, like, if your dad is a great athlete, right, and you're playing his sport, you keep the last name. You keep that, even though there's going to be some pressure, but it is going to help, and, and you know, people know to look after you. But when your dad critiques what you're trying to do, that could be weird. Like, like it'd be weird if like Jeffrey Lyons' son, the, the film critic, or like Roger Ebert's went into film and now he's working mm, for right. people whose his pops is at times uh, had to critique or tear down or take shots at but it's his job and uh you would uh, you could see like it'd be difficult i don't know if anyone has ever been the child of a critic and gone to show business and had to keep their last name the same i almost feel well, like you should have changed your last name you know what that wouldn't have been a bad joseph, idea it was joseph smith and then yeah. the Mormon coaches yeah, would have loved you. Like, yeah, that it wouldn't have been a bad right. idea. The Mormon coach, you know, everyone knows Mormons play ball, baby. I don't know if you know that. Missionaries, they play hoops all the time. Really? And so they would, oh, yeah. That one day off, they just stay in the gym <laughs> from missions. Shooting Jays. Joseph Smith, I've just changed your life with your new name. <laughs> I, I probably should have changed it. That would have actually been better because once the spotlight was on me, I would usually buckle. I hated if someone was watching just me on the court, which I guess is kind of ironic because now I do something where I'm by it's myself. But nobody life, right? is saying, oh, hey, that's, you know, I can't imagine if I was the son of like a famous comedian, that would that would. I've suck. always thought that'd be hard. Yeah, that's got to be hard. That would be terrible. I, I wouldn't like that. But that's probably still a little easier to, uh, you know, because no one, it, you know, when you're in a basketball environment, there's crowd, there's people that all know each other. People talk. A comedy, if someone just hears a last name, unless it's so apparent. I don't think people would go, oh, that must be the son of, right. unless they look exactly like I him. think a comedy, it's, it's, I've heard it the opposite. I've heard where comedians do change their name with a famous comedian, dad, or uh, even in show business. Like, doesn't Elliot Gould have a kid and he's changed his name somewhat or something like that as a comedian? I'm not sure about this, but like, I think it's counterproductive in comedy. Yep, I'm, I'm the son of someone famous. I mean, there's examples. But, I'm not going to give names. I know someone who has a last name that isn't their last name, that is their famous father. And I, th- I think it was used to help. And I think it's been a de- I think it's ultimately ends up being a detriment. I was going to give you an example, though, just to show you how crazy these coaches are. All of them try to justify their existence so much. Even uh, Mark Jackson, his son, had some difficult time with coaches where, where the coaches ended up, you know, whatever. He didn't like the way they were coaching and stuff like that. And I think Mark eventually went up to the coach 
and, you know, said something, whatever. And that coach really challenged Mark back. Now, I guess you could say, okay, he can hold his ground or whatever. But here's the thing. This is like a guy, some high school coach who played wherever, and you got Mark Jackson, yeah, yeah. 17 years NBA. And this guy still kind of felt like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. Yeah, Mark it's Jackson, like, who gets hired to be an announcer eight seconds after being fired by the Warriors and has probably like, turned down at least two jobs this offseason. But head coaching jobs. But, like, you would think the guy, even coaching the son, would kind of have even the back of his head, even if this is a wrong thing to think, they would still go, yeah, but, you know, Mark Jackson's his father. Like, maybe I should be somewhat normal here, you know, or just, you know, not. But you know what that is, my dude? That's like a heckler. The heckler tries to beat the comedian, right? We got the mic. We do this every day. I'm pretty trained to handle a heckler, but they think they're funnier. This is their chance. If they can get the last word, that's their brand. Who, the coach? That coach is basically a heckler, and Mark Jackson is a professional comedian who's made his living doing that. I think he's more that. of a fail. He's like, I don't know. I don't know what you want to say. it. Like a guy who didn't make it and then opens up their own place. A lot of place. these hecklers are guys who didn't make it or didn't even have the balls to try out. But what right. I'm saying is if you can then, in front of people, go, yeah, I told Mark Jackson where to stick it. Now, Mark <laughs> Jackson played ball for years, was a pretty successful coach. He didn't get fired necessarily because of his coaching. There was drama in Golden State. Um, he's a great announcer, except he does catchphrases a little too much. That's my one critique, baby. I don't have to hear, Mama, there's that man. I get it. You said it the last 81 games. I don't need it today. I, I don't those, need it in the playoffs. I love those NBA catchphrases. I, I, I don't need there. it. I, mean, what is I this, can't say a comedy? word. I can't say one negative I, I love thing. Him. Well, I you know, him. he listens to all I stay, of these. I, uh, <laughs> I listen well, to I'm gonna that tweet former it. mad dog all the time. And let me say... I'm going to tweet it at him, though, after the show. There was a comic here who gave Chris Rock notes on his – he got off stage. I remember that. Who was the comic? I don't want to say who it was. Can we say it off the record? I'll tell you after the show. A young person. Yeah, let's end the show now because we can't wait to hear this. (laughs) Not even like a super young green guy. Amazing. He's like, yeah, I know what you were slouching. It's probably (laughs) – I mean, this is insane. And he grabbed him when he was walking by. He's oh like, yeah, my. I have a couple notes. And he just looked at me like, what did you just say to me? Did he say and what, that? What, yeah, he and was what, like, what are you talking about? And what you're did Chris say? Me, he just, Chris was like, you're giving me notes? I'll be fine. Please get off of me. And just walked away. My ex-girlfriend, Ooh. this comment. <laughs> that man never worked again. I hope guy. not. Yeah. Um, my ex-girlfriend worked with Robert <laughs> Klein one night. Or she was doing a show after Robert Klein, like a Bananas or something. And Robert Klein's a legend. Yes. Absolute legend, child of the was it fifties is is one of the or sixties. It's a legendary album, and um, he gets done. And one of the kids, I think, who was going to be doing a guest spot at one of these clubs on the next show, pulls Robert Klein aside and goes, "You know, I got notes for some of those jokes to make them better." And Robert goes, "And I don't really take outside information. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you." And he's pro- he's probably cooler than I would have been because he's probably had to deal with it his whole life. And at this point, he doesn't care. He's a legend, but. I was outraged. I think I was playing here that night, and I'm talking to my girlfriend on the phone. I'm like, this is despicable. That kid should get thrown did, into a wall several times. Did you say anything times. to the kid afterwards? What's that? Did you say anything? No, I wasn't there. I was at separate oh. I was here, and that kid was with my girl, I think in Jersey or somewhere, the Poconos. And I'm like, baby, you need to smack that dude. And then if he tries to raise a hand to you, then um, tell him where I live, and we'll handle that. Because that's, how do you tell a legend that? But that's their moment yeah. to brag to people. People have done that a lot. I You'd gave be surprised. notes to so-and-so. Yeah. People will do that a lot. People take a lot of liberties. They feel like, I don't know what in them it makes them feel like they could do it, but they definitely have a strong urge to do it. It happens a lot more than you would think. Well, it's happening now more with the internet, with the interwebs, if you will. 
Uh, I don't know why I'm talking like Dusty Rhodes in the 70s. But because um, everyone now is a critic. You can just form a blog and you're a goddamn journalist now. And you can put your opinions on people's videos and, oh, you're no good. What is your credentials? To be able to critique someone who was a professional back in the day, like you'd have to become a critic in a paper or get a, uh, or an drive, editorial. drive to their house. You have to go right to their door. Yeah, you have to stock them like Mark David Chapman with John Lennon and yeah. all that. You'd have to be credentialed. Like, I'm sure your pops was a beat writer for garbage for like five, ten years. And then they're like, yep, now you get to critique people. Mm. That used to be a thing. No one has to anymore. So everyone thinks their opinion is important right from the jump. And I hate to break it to you. Um, some of you don't have college educations, <laughs> high school educations. You can't critique nothing, baby. And if you can write it elegantly, that's fine. But half these people yeah. are like, you suck cock, dog. That's a real critique. Holy shit. Well, but you know what? People have come up to me and they'll say to me, they'll like, hey, um, they're like, yeah, I'm a big fan of your father, whatever. And, you know, I just say thank you, I guess. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. But you should get him on I, the phone. Yeah. Hey, Pops, another one for you. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to say shit to me. <laughs> um, that's funny. It hasn't really happened with comedy at all. I'm talking about before, just off yeah. the street. But uh, they'll come up to me like, yeah, How but you they know. recognize you off the street. Are you no, wearing no, a, I'm saying a, a like shirt? People... I am the Viper's boy. <laughs> no, we're like <laughs> a comes Viper up. costume. It's like a big <laughs> snake suit. I wear a shirt with the face on it. And yeah. I wear his face. Uh, but no, when it's come up, they'll be like, yeah, big fan. They're like, you know, I didn't really agree with that uh, last thing he wrote or whatever. And I'll be yeah. saying to myself, well, I, I said, I usually have like a two part response to that. I'm like, one, I'm not sure if he fucking cares. Uh, that's one. And then two, I'm like, what do you, what is that going to do? Like, why would you tell me? You know, and, and people have actually came up to him and told him that. And then that's my father. I mean, if you read him, you know him. Uh, He'll give him the business, right? Yeah, it's not going to be a Robert Klein situation. Mm. It's going to and not What's even he a, say? What's not he even do? A Chris Rock. Usually, if they come up with that, yeah, get the fuck away from me. He's like, what the fuck do you know? You know, oh. it's a very violent probably exchange. I'm not now. I'm sure the person has to be a little bit more hostile. To be right. honest, that's how my father and mother met. She didn't like something he wrote and came up to her. That's how attraction starts sometimes. Given though he was attracted to her, I think it changed the dynamic of the conversation, right. and uh, that was a different story. What did she like? It was something about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I was going to say Kareem because you've told me your mom <laughs> She's a huge is a huge Kareem, Kareem Mark. Well, yes, one of the great stories of my mom where I probably get my wit and comedy from. You know this? Please is, tell um, it out loud. Please. Yeah, I'll say it. And I hate to put throw him under the bus because I just did a commercial with Dr. J. But Dr. Oh, J was like Let's a pick good, up that name, baby. Did you well, drop into your commercial with a career. I love him. Well, here's it. Well, it ties in. I wouldn't have said it otherwise. But here it is. Uh... He he's really good friends with my father. He was the best man at the wedding. Whatever they known him for a long time. And then one time when pretty my pretty decent ball player. <laughs> he was all right. Um, and uh, he was uh, only where only reason he got anywhere is because of his father. <laughs> because his father played somewhere, right? Uh, I think his father was a comedian too, and got him in <laughs> Shecky Irving. Um, Shecky Irving. <laughs> but they were in the green room, NBC, and I think that you know during when he was an analyst. And it was just a regular day. My mother walked, uh, my mother was ready there and Julius came in and uh, my mother was just sitting there and he said, oh, you're not going to stand up. I guess, you know, almost like the way like, oh, you know, he was king, like he was my grace. Right. But like, you know how like if a woman enters the room, you stand or something like yeah. that. So something like that. He was serious. He, wasn't he wanted your mother to stand up because he's royal. Because he entered. Hoops. But they meanwhile, they've known each other. For he's years. the best man at the wedding. So why would you even say that anyway? Right. And uh, my mother was pretty quick on her feet. Uh, she goes, yeah, maybe if you were Kareem. Mm. And that fucking shut him down. We so need to meet your mom. Yeah, no, she was great. I'm She's, booking MOV for next week. There's no probably 58 year old white mothers uh, like my mom. I guarantee it. Like, there's just no one who's a hip hop head who knows basketball in and out. Literally, is like the godfather to Jamal Tinsley's uh, kid. Jesus like, it's Christ. a it's a weird. Wow. 
hip mom and you know i brought her to the you know seller here you know she'll come out and about and she's very you know she's retweeting Sherrod small she's in the game she's fucking she's in it can i give her tickets the next time i'm playing here she'll can be I your get, greatest yeah audience i need member. her here i want her to give me notes and say i didn't agree with your joke about <laughs> <Right>. kareem <laughs> she would give you notes about that one um so your mom critiqued or read something your dad said about Kareem, and she gave your dad the business yes, on the street. Did. On the street? No, in a game, at a Nets game. At a Nets game, she comes up to him. Comes up to him, says, I didn't, you know, didn't like that, what you wrote, and, you know, and that was probably the only time my father responded well to uh, a fan coming up to him. Hot broad, yeah. You, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't um, say fuck <laughs> so much on stage. You're right, honey. Um, what are you doing later? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much. I think if he, he you know, succumbed to whatever she was. Uh... In my brain, I envision Lorraine Bracco and Goodfellas. That's exactly driving, what I was thinking. Driving up. You're yes. going to stand me up? Who are you, Frankie Valley? Oh, and then right good, there going, exactly. no, no, analogy. let me take you out. You look yes. bored. No, I'm wrong. You're right. I'll that's take you. That's a good yes. analogy. That's, that's how that, I envision it. And at that moment, I started forming in a way. Like ah. somewhere. You know what I mean? That's like the that, was the, that was the beginning of me somewhere. Of young Joseph his, Smith, a.k.a. son of Viper Joseph Vesey. That's why I'm here right now. My mother, did, my mother didn't go up to him that I might not be here. And that's, that's a crazy story. That's 30-something years ago? Yeah, they, no, they've been yeah, they've been married thirty one years, so and they're probably going out a little bit before then. So yeah, it's a super cool story. It's great. Well, it's ironic that the one person that you know, because he hates that type of critique. In fact, in uh, I don't know if you remember this. I mean, I was too little, but someone he wrote something really bad in Seattle during the finals, during the Supersonics when they were in the finals. Yeah, and wrote something. I don't know what he did. I can't remember. I wish I remember the details. I should ask him. But he wrote something. It was a big thing. And uh, to the point where when they were driving, uh, they were going to stop somewhere. And my, and the, my friend in my father's car said, listen, I don't think you should go out anywhere. This is pretty heated. My father's like, you know, whatever. And they stop at a toy store to get uh, presents for his friend's kids, whatever. And as they go to the toy store, as soon as they enter the toy store, hey, Vessi, you asshole. Wow. But, but right away, right after this guy said wow. it. And then long story short. It ended up being a fight. Uh, Your pops throwing fisticuffs? No, the guy hit him first. It was, and you know, and, and long story short, uh, basically on the news, it was uh, Peter Vesey and bodyguard beat up local Indian. Of course, it was this huge. Oh, like, he comes thing. an Indian. Yeah, he was Indian. He happened uh, to be Indian. And it because was like this crazy thing. Oh. And, and the best part about the story is when they were fighting. I heard in the store, my father. The only thing he remembers during the fight was the manager going, "It's a toy store. <laughs> what are you doing?" What and they're a- rolling into Bugs Bunny and stuffed animals and shit. Would have been okay, he- okay. Any other shop? Like at an yeah. outdoor shop. But well, that's what's it so great been about okay. it. Okay, you yeah. could have been getting a fight and end up in a bow and arrow section. It's funny. I would never think that people would know what writers look like. That's to be able to well, he was also it. on TV. And yeah. his picture was on the thing, too. But even on the so, byline. <clears throat> he, he was very different. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, he, he was in so many different things. There's even stuff he tells me about now that I never knew about, you know, just all different things. So he was kind of like, uh, I didn't realize how many jobs he did or how many things he was in until I kind of got older to appreciate it and how, like, hard he worked and having four jobs at once. It was like... What, being an analyst, a writer? He was on ESPN Radio. He, you know, I mean, doing his column. He did one, uh, one time he was writing his column, NBC, TNT, and I think he even did radio, and then he might have even been doing NBA TV somewhere along those lines, too. So it's like, his thing was crazy. And he was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> he was being written about because there's a character named the Viper. I, I wonder if George R. He R. was Martin. Walter White, actually. Oh, that could be mm. that, too. He reminds me of Walter White a little bit. He's a very intimidating uh I'm God, scared to meet your be. dad, even though I'm a fan. I've tweeted, we've tweeted at each other a couple times, or indirectly, I think. Or, or I, he's retweeted some of my tweets because you retweeted them, and then I think I've sent a couple things to him. 
Uh, but I'm scared of getting ripped by the Viper, but I should embrace it. It'd be like if Don Rickles fucks with you. He's, he's intimidating. A lot of people have met him have said he's intimidating. Like even people that could probably you know beat him up, but they're like a little nervous. Mm. Well, after this, I have to go do a gig. So what I'm going to do is in between comedians when I'm hosting, I'm going to tweet at your dad. I don't like what you said about Kareem. And see what <laughs> In 30 happened. years, say 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Do you want to get a cup of coffee? Yeah. See marry, what happens. Marry me. You know, it's funny if he doesn't know who you are. I, he gets into it with people on Twitter too, and I'm like, of course you know, he you, does. I'm like, you know, you don't have to respond to everybody. Like, someone will write something and it'll just be like wrong, and then if they come back again, he's like blocked. He's blocked probably like 900 people. He could, have def- <laughs> he could definitely have more Twitter followers than he does. And I t- tell him like that's the game or whatever. Like, you should just have as many followers as you can. But he's like, no, I don't want them. I think I attacked Chris <laughs> Webber's <laughs> announcing once, and I think you told me they're tight. Oh no. Oh, okay. He then. hates Chris Webber. Because I was like, Chris <laughs> Webber is one of those dudes that sounds very good announcing. Like, he talks very well, but he doesn't, sometimes yeah. doesn't say shit. That's accurate. You well, can that's just the tell. thing. They fool you. I mean, kind of growing up in that world, like Kenny Smith, those guys, they'll fool you into throwing some big words together, say a couple plays, hey, I predicted this, and you'll think they said and something. And you trust it because they played and you didn't. Exactly. And that's a good reason maybe to trust them if you're Joe Schmo at home. But, you know, some people will give these credits to, like, you know, big analysts and say, like, oh, my God, Charles Barkley is so great. And well, like, I think he's, Barkley's great. He's well, entertaining. He's, he's entertaining. I'm saying about saying stuff. Barkley is great. I mean, it's changed now, the whole dynamic. He so. would have been a great uh, comedian. All right, we have to wrap up, unfortunately. Um, this has been great. Real quick, though, a couple stories. Any, any big gossip NBA you saw that you'd like to tell? You mean now or just or just in, in the general? Past, in the past. That won't get you killed. That won't get me killed. Allen Iverson? I could tell one Iverson story. Yeah. I mean, something cool. I'm, no, I'm trying to think. Well, people always ask when I practice with the Sixers, they're like, uh, so how is it to practice with Iverson? I was like, I don't know. You hardly ever practice. Yeah, practice. So he wasn't the, yeah, practice. so he was, uh, yeah, there was one time during the NBA Finals, which is, how insane is that? I'm practicing during the NBA Finals, and I remember Larry Brown, he would stop practice if I wasn't getting something. Stop practice, and I'm literally having like 12 NBA players stare at me. And they're playing the champions, the defending <laughs> champion Lakers that year, yeah, in the middle of a three And they're stopping the practice to Maybe show me something. Maybe that's why they didn't win. <laughs> yeah, right. too busy Maybe that's why they me. won game one and but, lost four straight. And I'm literally, I would play Speedy Claxton one-on-one every day, and he would take no mercy on me, even call cheap fouls. And uh, <laughs> I was in seventh grade, and he's like, he's like, yo, you touched my wrist. I didn't touch him at all to this day. I'm still arguing that. I'm not even playing. I'm going to tweet at him. I'm going <laughs> to tweet, tweet at him, tweet at him. And I'm playing basketball, and then someone in a golf cart comes whizzing by on the arena floor at the Staples Center and swipes the ball out of my hand. And uh, that was Iverson. He was just, uh, during practice, he was in his shades, and he was in a golf cart riding around the Staples Center just chilling or whatever, which kind of shows you how relaxed he was during that time. And um, But I will say all these like stories that come out about Iverson, I think people still have like the wrong perception of him. He's like one of literally the nicest, coolest, uh, big-hearted people ever. And, and then that's what's got him in trouble financially, correct? Yes, because he's, I mean, he bought like a Ferrari for everyone in his family, and he would leave like $40,000 in cash under a bed mattress every other night. And one time he was parked a Mercedes and he couldn't find it in a garage. And he was like, ah, well, I can't, I don't have time. And he would just leave it there. So and that was buy the type a new of, one. And buy a new one. So I'm saying that's the type of thing he, he lived by. But I, I seriously, if you're around him and you talk to him, one of the most respectful, nice people. I'd love to, wouldn't and, and I would say, you know, so it's interesting, like, you know, obviously, like someone like, I don't know, you like Magic Johnson, who's like revered. Yes. You know, who's sort of also like a phony. You know, he'll get, you know. Magic Johnson's a phony. Oh, come on. I mean, let's face it. Come on. You I have mean, any stories you, you can tell? That? What? what? What do you mean by that being a phony? He's, He's an American hero. 
<laughs> and I'm a Celtic fan. Well, look, die I'm not, hard. I'm not around him Fucking every. Sterling ev- over here. Look at you. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't well, bring I, him to my podcast. I, right. <laughs> I well, don't want you taking funny. pictures with him the days you're going to be on my podcast. Yeah. But you know what though? But here's the thing. Unfortunately, Sterling, wrong guy to say it. But some of that information was correct. Unfortunately. But you know, you just look. I think we forgot. Like I guess someone who's like pumped up on this pedestal, who I guess does do a lot of positive things now. But let's face it. He was also a guy who cheated on his wife, could have gave her AIDS, and was you know fucking half the world at the same time. And uh, so well, I, he you're also talking about fifty percent of your brethren in comedy. Let's be honest. There's a great chance of that. But that doesn't well. make it right either. I mean, he right. did. Damn it! Did, it's one of us. He no, did get sorry. HIV. And, and, he could have gave it to Cookie. That ain't cool. And, and here's and here's what I'm saying is I think we forget the way people like ask. Oh, you're the spokesman and you've done this and you're. But we forget kind of how this all happened. Right. And I've also heard stories behind closed doors. You know, just about like uh, a com- even a famous comedian was telling me like Magic going like oh like there was like fifty women outside. He's like, I know all those fifty bitches. So let me know if you. Need- I'll let you know who has what or who's this, who slept with who. Wow. And I and I look, I'm not there. I was never in a locker room with Magic Johnson, but given his track record and stuff you've heard, it probably sounds legit. And I'm and I'm sure and I'm sure my father could fill you in on more stuff that I'm sure he even knows behind closed doors. But that's kind of what I mean by that little bit of phoniness. And I'm only comparing it to someone like Iverson who has complete the opposite, where people uh-huh, think he's right. like a thug and a bad person uh, when he was, in fact, probably one of the nicest people you want to meet. And I'm sure a more genuine person than Magic. Of course, I don't have anything to 100% prove that. That's just my opinion from what I know. Well, the title of this week's episode will be Magic Johnson, Big Fat Phony. <laughs> Because we want to get that heat, baby. Just because he opened Starbucks in Harlem doesn't make him a hero. That's true. <laughs> I will say this, and we have to we have to close up. I sound like Sterling. No, no, no. Um, Ronnie Wilkerson, a guy in the scene, funny uh, a comedian, a black fellow, and he um, hates on Magic and says, "Go to the, the hoods in L.A. and brothers there hate Magic." Why? He says um, that Magic. I believe he's kind of saying like some of the same things that like Sterling has done. Magic has done himself like. Driving mm. black people out of neighborhoods and stuff like that. I'll bring you know I'm gonna bring in Ronnie and we're gonna do. Can we bring in magic? That's what, I thought you were gonna say I'm gonna bring in magic. Let's bring in, gonna bring in magic. Look, Settle we have story. we have fans in Costa Rica, Australia. There's just Canada, something about when someone's too good. We don't have magic yet. When someone's too good and too political, you always question those people. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. people who seem like I am the greatest person and I. But do are all we stuff. wrong for that? Are we just being skeptical? No, not he got HIV and he could have gave it to Cookie. What are you gonna do? That's his wife's name. Maybe he didn't know. I think so. Yeah. He didn't know. He, he figured it well, out. Well, hey, after. man, you're banging fucking yeah. half of L.A. You don't just go. And back I used to, you know, those wife. stories you hear in the background. I'm, I mean, I don't know what it was, but I, you hear that whole crowd, all those, you know, the celebrities during yeah. that time. Him, I'm, I don't even think. I'm sure that was, you know, pretty crazy. I don't know about like uh, fucking orgies and all that shit. I mean, who knows how true definitely it is? Definitely orgies. Definitely orgies. Isaiah and Magic did kiss. Remember that? I remember and, that. Uh, I don't know. God, I love it. We're bringing heat. Um, Joseph, this has been a pleasure. We'll bring you back because you're yeah. a wonderful person and you're a funny dude and you're sharp. Let me throw in a plug. No, I'm, I'm going to set you up for the plug, baby. Thank I don't you. do I, no one dirty. I, was I thought he was going to wrap up. I could feel him wrap it up. I said, let me get this plug what in before the mic goes off. Wait, I'm, I'm not magic worry. hosting here. Hey-o. I had to fill up a meter for this shit, so I need baby, to Baby, I'm going to look at I'm kind of offended by this. Thank you. I'm, come sorry, and I'm sorry, I'm you sorry. You talk your shit and I'm here to help you. No, I'm just going to do whatever. Please, my friend. I sound like that dude in True Romance. You guys aren't going to get this reference. The coked up director. That's all I'm saying. I loved you like a kid. And he was shitty to Bronson Pinchot the whole time. I wasn't staring at me. I got to go. I got to go work another three hours. Go on, please. No, I'm just going to plug. You guys have all been on my podcast, right? It's a great podcast. Benji, yeah, Mad absolutely. Dog, Nathan, everyone's been on. The Callback Podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud. Check it out. Get a, really piece, of it. It. Yeah. Get a piece of it. And Thank Twitter. you, sir. What about Twitter and Facebook? Oh, Twitter, yeah. See, Twitter. I'm helping you with your plugs. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, Instagram? At- 
Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, but uh, at Joseph Vesey, V-E-C-S-E-Y. And uh, you could also follow Magic, too, if you want. Google Plus? And, uh, I don't follow him. Um, <laughs> yeah, my Gmail email I want to make sure all of it. For I want, bookings. I want everything. Um, AOL. <laughs> I have dial-up. I have CompuServe stuff. Thank you, Bubba's. Nathan. Uh, Nathan. I got a podcast oh, on this network called uh, Positive Anger. Check it out on iTunes and SoundCloud and uh, Swell Audio. I always forget that. And also NathanMacintosh.com and Twitter at Nathan McIntosh. The Mighty Benj. The Best of BS on Twitter. Yes, but is. all our Lust fans out there, we got a promo code Lust. Uh-oh. Half off all of the Stand Up New York shows. Check it out. Come. Check out all the other podcasts we got on this network. Every one of them. We're blowing up. Take a day We're off. Listen cool to 24. Shit. Everything is fucking amazing, if I may say so myself. And uh, keep showing the love. We're Def Jam. We're Def Jam a podcast, son. We are. My name is James Madden. For another two weeks, you can find me at Mad Dog Mattern on Twitter, but it's under the heading of James L. Mattern. It will just be at James Mattern once I figure it out in two weeks. And James Mad Dog Mattern on Facebook, but I'm going to get rid of the Mad Dog in two weeks. I'm facing it out, baby. Um, keep supporting us. Keep sending us love. Um, hit me up at Facebook, my people, or Twitter, and tell me if you're down with Jon Snow Day, Bastard Day. We're going to make this happen. We're going to petition, and we're going to get the government to give us a day. I'm being true. I'm real deal Holyfield. What about Son of a Bitch Day? Yeah, that sounds better, huh? It does. Son of a bitch. Of a bitch. Because at least it puts your mom in there. She did something. You know Just what I mean? relax. Just take it All easy. Right. Um, we're not writing a Western here. Um, checked out. Take keep listening to this podcast. All my brothers and sisters on this network. Check out next week or two. Google this. Get in the ring. It's another podcast. It'll be about Guns N' Roses with Colors and Tim. It's only about Guns N' Roses. And yeah, check out Busting Balls on YouTubes, baby. Yeah, James guys. Mattern. Um, my web page, uh, my channel, James Madden page, Bustin' Balls, me talking sports, minute and a half, two minutes, every day, quick rant, it's me being me, pop culture references, look, I know gay folk who don't watch sports, love the videos, I know girls don't watch sports, love the video, just watch the goddamn videos, baby, because I need a career, okay, I'm kind of going I have a basketball a sketch, too, you'll love, I guarantee you'll like it, let's promote it all now, baby, see, I'm you'll here like for you. it. why am I so worked up, God damn it. Um, mad love to my boys in the booth, baby, all of y'all rocking and shit, um, I forget what nicknames I've given you all now. You are the, the fake. Nah, fuck. I'll get new nicknames. I got to go. John, AJ, all my boys, Free, uh, Donnie, Gabe, Jesus, even though I'm half Jewish. Um, Moses. Moses. Yeah, I want to cover all the bases. Tito <laughs> Santana. Buddha. Nick. TJ. Uncle Billy. Ricky Steamboat. Till next time, we're all worth a million prizes.